What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, to a late night edition of the Dusty Dimes podcast? I am your host, TJ Plugger, with my host on another co-host, Mike Warfield. What's up, Mike? What is up? What's good, everyone? Oh, I feel like it, it really has been a hot minute. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good because, you know, you, you get... Like seeing a unicorn. Yeah, like, you get... don't see him often, but once you do... <laughs> It's a great site, you know. We uh, good it's Lord. it's good, man. You get time in between. You get material. You get things to talk about. I got plenty of things to fucking talk about here. Subjects after uh, we have our special guests. We have two thousand NHL Stanley mm-hmm. Cup New Jersey Devil champion Christoph Olawa. I I'm, uh, gonna, I'm I'm gonna butcher that. I'm yeah, dude. That. It's yep. it's weird, you know. I I. Yeah, I know who he is. You know what I mean. But like talking, he's a bad yeah, guy. He is a bad, uh, bad dude. Bad dude. I'm just telling you right now. And you know, he. I mean, he got drafted what in ninety ninety three ninety three. Yep. I wasn't even yes. born. I was born ninety four. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you right now, watching his highlight videos, man. If he got his right free, you're good luck. Yeah, dude. He, he, and you know what he, it, oh my god, was he scary? <laughs> Six five too. Like I'm good, dude. I want to ask him too. I want to ask him too because him, he he never backed down from a fight. Yeah, and never, never backed down from Stu Grimson. Stu Grimson, Ty Domi, yeah, like dude, it's... It, it's it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, Christoph, what's up, buddy? How are you? How you doing, guys? Doing well. Hey, how are you, Christoph? Well. I'm living the dream as always. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> as you should, my man. Stanley Cup winner, as you should. <laughs> um. Chris, Christoph, I, I, I first off want to, you know, uh, take the time here and thank you for, I know you're a busy man, uh, busy schedule and everything, and it's late night. Thank We appreciate you coming on. Uh, first and foremost, you know, you, you were nicknamed the Polish Hammer during the youth, youth days. Can you touch on that? Um, yeah, the Polish Hammer thing came out when, you know, I stopped playing for the Devils, right? So, yep, happens to be, um, I was one of, one of two Polish hockey players that played the game at the NHL level, and two of us, me and uh, Mari Sierkowski, who played for the Boston Bruins, um, was an all-star team at some point, uh, very talented, we came from the same city, yep. we played together, um, you know, Came here was drafted as a you know power forward, and three years into being a minors, I figure out you know what if I don't just knock guys out, I guess uh, <laughs> I, never, I would just never play in NHL. So it's kind yeah. of like um, became the thing, and the people are calling put the Polish hammer. I guess so. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, watching your videos, brother, your right hand if it got free, I felt bad for the guys. Oh yeah. my. It, you were just yeah. You had a hammer. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, but you know when you when you look at the the whole thing back, it's like uh, you always ask yourself a question. Like a lot of people want to talk about it. I uh, truly like mm-hmm. never really want to talk about it uh, yeah. because um, like what was I thinking? You know, like seriously, yeah. like it's uh, when you get older, you kind of looking back at it like, damn, that was just not a smart thing to do. Maybe, yeah. But it was definitely a fun thing to do. Um, you know, I I love my job. I truly try to do my best you know i've trained came in the summertime i've i've put it the work to into it i train on average about you know 13 times a week um you know my my 
training regimen started on Sunday with one session of practices. Um, Monday, three sessions. Tuesday, three sessions. Wednesday, half. Thursday, three. Um, Friday, three. Saturday, half. And again, it started again on Sunday. And there was like everything from boxing to name it. So I took a huge pride in it. And, you know, in order to survive and do a job the best I could, you know, um, just try to be best at it. Um, and a lot of people thought that Christoph King just can you just fucking play the game? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I am playing the game. You know, I'm just yeah. my job. So, um, yeah, no, it was tough. It was tough, but um, definitely uh, time has changed now. The game is different, um, but it was fun. Yeah, I was yeah, going to well, say, Christoph, as a kid, did you had that same mentality going, you know, to play pro? Like, were you always that enforcer-style mentality <clears throat> as a kid, or do you have a different style of play? Um, when I was a kid growing up, I was always a big kid. So I had, mm-hmm. um, growing up, I always had, when I played like a Bentham and stuff, I always had like a junior team, junior players come and watch me play at the Bentham level because I was just running guys <laughs> left and right. And so mm-hmm. that was my game since I was a little kid. Um, um, I was just up and down guy and just, you know, do my job as I could. Um, but I always wanted to play somewhere else other than Poland. Um, so, you know, playing for the Polish national team, growing up at all levels, um, you know, got kind of, we played in a Switzerland, <clears throat> in Switzerland tournament. And I was approached by uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the coaches there, whose name was Mike McNamara, who was from Quebec, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And he said to me, one day you can play in a child kit. And I was, you know, growing up in Poland. I worked in the Polish mines uh, three times a week. I went to school. Uh, every week they switched. There was uh, there was uh, two days of coal mine and three days of school and play hockey at night. Um, there was not much future, but I got an invitation for a week to come to play junior B hockey in Canada, Ontario for the Wild Flames. Um, and um, kind of never looked back. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was... Uh, no English, you know, 10 bucks in the pocket, just hope for the best. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, but you can learn English along the way. That's all right. Yeah, no, yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a long time. <laughs> it's, it's not so easy. I took a lot of, uh, you know, you sit in Lacan for three, four years. You take a lot of uh, all the chirps for the guys. And, you know, when eventually you kind of learn all the chirps plus some. And, yeah, you hold them all you know, in for the right, oh, right yeah, moment. I, I, I got it down now big time, trust me. <laughs> Now, you know, growing up in Poland, like, I, I know you, you, know, you touched on about playing, but what made you get into hockey? Just your size? And- uh, no, actually, the, 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 the true story behind it is uh, one of my friends um, literally came up to me. I think it was like nine, I was like nine years of age. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I, think, I think it was nine. It was like, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's playing in Europe was playing soccer, right? So that was the yeah. thing played them. He told me that, uh, you know, two weeks from now, they're going to Switzerland play a uh, tournament. Okay, I was like, "Well, I'm from school, you know, why not? Why not go and get out of here, right? This place back <laughs> back in back in eighties, you know." So, um, and you know, we ended up going to Switzerland for you know literally 10, 11 years, and that was the country when I was actually scouting Switzerland. Sook that uh, when you know when I was seen for the first time, I went back to Poland. Came back to Switzerland a couple of weeks later with you know skates. I train, I practice with um, the junior team. Then I went to the 
um, the elite team, the first, um, you know, the top team of 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 the uh, uh, Switzerland league, and they told me straight up, Christoph, you know, like as much as we we hate to say this to you, but uh, you know, <clears throat> we have um, all the Canadian imports. There's a retire, I mean, retired. There was ex NHL players playing there. Mm-hmm. In order for you to come back here and play in Switzerland, unfortunately, because <clears throat> you're Polish back in the days, um, you need to go to Canada, play at least junior hockey in Canada for a year, and then you can come back as a um, Canadian import to play in Switzerland. Okay. Oh so, um, so I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just, you know, so I uh, went back to Poland, got, uh, took about five months to get an invitation for the, uh, from the, from the junior B, it was a junior B team. Yeah. Uh, but when I came here, uh, you know, I kind of, um, you know, was, you know, being at 6'5", 225 and age 18 kind of did the trick, I guess. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 18, <laughs> I wish I even hit yeah. yeah, that. Was, uh, you know, that was, you know, I was 91 or something, 91, I, I think it was 91, yeah. So, yeah. it was a long time ago. So, I never, and the, and, the, and, the, and the reason why I really came, it's kind of a good story because, you remember the, uh, um, there was the uh, Little Hammer Olympics in, in France? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Eric Green just played there. He was 18 years of age. And yeah. I, watched, I watched Eric on my little Polish channel team, black and white, this 14-inch TV. And all the target was uh, how big Eric was. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this guy is so big. You know, then I'm like, you know what? Uh, let me check it out. I went to the, uh, I went to grab encyclopedia you know back before the internet the whole thing i'm like so i'm trying to translate the whole interest to centimeters and stuff and and it came out to be that i am his size wow and that's when the light went up <laughs> ding this is it i started doing all this you know all the um all the workouts and stuff, you know, you know, all the crazy stuff. Just, you know, I was living 11th floor. I'd be like jumping, you know, the 11th floor up and down with half a day and just, just stuff that uh, normally you really don't do. And um, yeah. Um, so when I, when, when I, you know, came to the United States to Canada, play hockey, I played the number 88 and for the world of flames. That's awesome. Just, just like Eric. And, yeah. You know, and fast forward, I got drafted with that was obviously you know, fast forward to, from 1993 to 2002, I got traded from the Penguins to play for the Rangers, and Eric was on the team. Oh my God! How was that? And, uh, How was that? <laughs> oh yeah, and, I, and to 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 to, wa- to watch his bag, right? To bet yeah. Him. I'm like Eric. We gotta talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to say, you know, the corny here, but uh, you know, you 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 are the true reason why I'm. I made it. You, you were my inspiration, and I always want to be like you. Um, you know, he was Christoph. You, you, it's amazing stories. It was nice to hear. It was like, you know, and we ended up, we ended up playing a few games because we got this few, huge fiasco versus Columbus, and like, you know, the team got suspended, the coach got suspended. I got five games, and McCarty got three games, Barnum got three games, team got fined fifty thousand dollars, I got traded to Boston Bruins. But I these are the play for Eric, so we got to share the stories. It was good. Now that's that's great. That's great. Now let's we're we're gonna rewind here. I want to talk about you know you being drafted ninety three. Did you 
you know, being a kid from Poland, you know, working out, getting, trying to fulfill your dream. Mm-hmm. Did you see it, you know, becoming a dream or was it all blurry on, on draft day? Um, I was, um, you know, <clears throat> listen, when you, you know, when you, back in the days, like I came here and was like, there's no English, right? I couldn't, like I went mm-hmm. to school, um, uh, went to Catholic school. You had to wear this uniform thing, you know, and, um, and I was taking English second language courses with kids that freaking eight years of age. Yeah. And I was like 19. My, my best friend was like, he was nine years old in my classroom. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and you learn like, oh, this is the airplane. Uh, this is a cat. You know, this is a dog, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, then you, I went, but I took truly a pride of it to learn the English language. That after school, I would go to uh, another, you know, uh, uh, courses that were available to take. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, went to practice. And then from practice, I would go to, um, you know, watch commercials and try to, like, um, any kind of commercial have this, you know, um, type of uh, writing on, um, on TV. I would write it down and try to spell it in Polish language, how mm-hmm. to pronounce it. So, you know, there was very... Um, the, the, this part was hard, but that you know, but I was not, you know, couldn't really understand the whole process. How can a kid me being possibly drafted when the truly nobody wanted me back in Poland? Like they told me, like yeah, they were laughing me to leaving. Yeah. So, um, and I think I was listed at first, like I don't know, like uh, six round or seven round draft pick, and I end up being drafted sixty uh, fifth overall in uh, in Quebec. Which was quite amazing, third round, and uh, um, you know, never expected that. I had a reconstructed shoulder surgery after the season as well, so it was um, it was a quiet ride, but it was very. Um, I was always very grateful for it. You know, Lou Lamar drafted me, and me and Lou still remain friends. We still talk and wish each other happy birthday and you know happy you know years or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. uh, um, it's been good, you know. Now, a- after the draft, you know, and like you said, it, it was a journey and, and a ride for you. So after the draft, you played seasons in the AHL, ECHL, and IHL. Mm-hmm. And then it came for the time for you to, you know, fulfill your dream, so to say, in the 97-98 season with the Devils. Mm-hmm. What was that journey like from going to A up to the NHL for you? Oh, um, you know, the first three years in the minors was really uh... – it was difficult for me because of, um, you know, I was always, I was a power forward. Mm-hmm. I never found my life. Uh, was not my thing. Uh, I was a big kid that played very physical game. But when you play physical game back, you know, 30 years ago, you had to answer the bell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, there was, a, there was a few circumstances in the minors where, you know, I would play physical. I got straight up knocked out cold turkey just about not literally but got hurt in the fights and um and um it was never about my work ethic how i work but i could never recrack the lineup because of they had a different vision for me as a player mm-hmm. <clears throat> they never saw me this kid that can be a power forward they saw me as a kid that can pick things up and put them down <clears throat> you know uh moving guys around basically you know and uh take care of things if I need to be taken care of, if I get a goal or two, whatever, it's a bonus. But they, they saw this um, a force that people be, you know, respect that. Um, so, you know, after three years, 
playing the minors. Robbie Fitter was the coach, which was my mentor till this till today. Um, you know, he tried to teach me the game, which is I don't even get into it because it's not a conversation for that ten hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. So, uh, but I was always the first guy in the eyes, the last guy of the eyes. I was always the kid that put the most work in it, mm-hmm. but could never crack the lineup. Okay, till. <clears throat> Robbie got promoted to the Devils in 1996-97. Yep. Uh, John Conoff and Red Gendron, rest in peace, both of them. Uh, one of the best coaches I've ever had in my life. <clears throat> they came in and basically told me, Christoph, here, you're going to play with Ilyash and Shikora. Uh, and uh, we're the first line. And happens to be I was the most improved player the year by voted by the AHL players and coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got called up. By the Devils for a game, and uh, you know, next summer I was, you know, that that they protected me, and I just stayed in the um, in New Jersey and did my best as much as I could. Broke Denver's record of penalty minutes the first year, and as the old time leading penalty minutes the one year that was uh, for me a huge accomplishment. But uh, <laughs> <I think about> <laughs> hey. <laughs> Now, Christoph, is there is there ever one game that just sticks in your mind that you will remember forever? Mm, yeah, there's a lot of games, but one of one, <clears throat> one of the games I got to say was this. So when I was in the, I uh, was playing with the Welland Flames. Okay, mm-hmm. my um, my manager Gene Sabuco, we still talk of friends. He goes, Christoph, I'm gonna bring you to the. Uh, to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs game versus San Jose Sharks. My first NHL game. I was like, wow, that's cool. So he took me to the game. We had this gold seas right behind uh, Patvin's uh, net. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there with him. I'm like, he, and he goes to me, one day you going to play here. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, I can't. this is ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know. We stop. <laughs> A little, you know, the junior B jacket on with the, you know, the well and flames thing on it. And so then I end up seeing um, Domi's fighting. Um, one of the kids I, I end up fighting the minors a few years later. But uh, so he, you know, he's end up getting a couple of fights. I'm like, wow, this guy is crazy. I'm like, who is this guy? So this is the toughest guy in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this guy is psycho. Yeah. So, you know, now fast forward now, four years later. Five years later, I'm playing in Maple Garden. Line up against Ty Domi. I'm like, Ty, we got to fucking go. <laughs> and, I will, and I will explain to you later in the penalty box. <laughs> he goes, Christoph, you, you're a psycho. I'm like, no, 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 no. We are going. So <laughs> we, we end up having a pretty, pretty good fight. It was a pretty good, nice scrap at the, uh, you know, the famous Maple Garden. And mm-hmm. And I said to him at the end of the fight, I said, listen, Ty, I said, thank you for the opportunity. And when we were in the penalty box, I kind of told him the story. He goes, wow, Chris, you just nuts. I'm like, listen, man, this is a dream come true for a kid. So he ended up, you know, watching the, you know, it was very, um, very different. Walking to a building for the first NHL game to watching serious people and the, the, yeah. the show. And then I'm playing this building that I never expect to be part of it. It was never even something on the table. You know, like kids playing here, let's say they've been told from 13, 14 years of age how good they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was never the case. I was, I was, you know, 
I was working the mind. My you always had to prove yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's it's a very very different approach, and uh, I'm just grateful for the opportunity, you know. And now since I retired, I tried to stay in the game, and I'm still helping the kids, and you know, just um, try to 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 help them to get to the next level as I can. That's, That's awesome. Now, are, are you coaching at all, or? Um, so, um, yeah, no. So since I retired, I've, you know, I've obviously been coaching and stuff. I had even my own, my own junior hockey organization, USP, USPHL Premier back in, um, Kalkaska, Michigan, by Travis City for, for four and a half years. I've done that. Um, seems like all the roads come back to New Jersey here. I'm back in New Jersey, you know, have, uh, um, I've coached, um, you coached my one buddy, actually. I did not know you coached the Rhinos. Yeah, I was the owner of the Rhinos. Holy shit. That yeah, is a small world. Yeah, that was my team. Yeah, I started a whole team in a you know town that has no business having a team. Yeah, sure. <laughs> love it. Yeah, holy love shit. It. That's incredible. Yeah, that was my team. So, um, the, 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 I created the Rhinos, the, the Kalkaska Rhinos remain in Michigan. There, stuff, the youth programs and stuff. So, it was a great ride. And, um, you know, we have built up the whole Kalkaska Coliseum. I ended up being the director of Kalkaska Coliseum. So it was a great um, experience. Met great people, um, great friends. Um, but I had to relocate back to New Jersey uh, due to my daughter had a, you know, uh, let's say, not say too much, a very bad car accident that I'm in the bed, and I just never went back. I kind of abandoned my life in Michigan, yeah. so I stayed behind. You know, you know, I've ended up, you know, coaching kids, immersed in the Rockets. I ran the Rockets organization for a year. Um, and I kind of decided after the whole COVID experience with hockey, the other mm-hmm. one really, you know, be part of um, direct um, association organization because of the rules changing every day and everything's you know kind of really messed up. Exactly. So go solo and work with um, the most committed kids, uh, parents with um, you know lots of organizations throughout the East Coast. Um, I also work with the JDM, uh, a family advisor company. I'm the director of East Coast Scouting, East Coast uh, uh, Scouting in um, um, in Jersey. So uh, it's good, you know. Have a beautiful girlfriend I've met, uh, gorgeous, you know. Born LA, raised LA, you know. So it's good. So life is good. That's awesome. Now, what age groups? Now, what age groups are you doing there? Are you uh, I do. Uh, I train kids for as, as you know, as young as seven, all the way through twenty. Um, in a, in right now, uh, during the winter, I do V analytics. It's all basically what I do is, uh, break the, the games down for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, um, I, I, I truly don't believe that, you know, this old saying you can't teach hockey IQ. I personally don't believe in that because I was one of the kids. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's not everyone can be, you know, Crosby and McDavid, all those guys, but. Mm-hmm. I believe there is uh, 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 plenty of opportunities for other kids. They can learn their, the game the right way versus just be told by the coach, skate with the puck. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's more to the hockey than skate with the puck. Okay, so um, so I'll just tap into market that I think that's very beneficial for the kids. This you know goes for the winter time, goes into summertime when I when I run the Olawa Shred Zone uh, summer uh, uh, spring summer training camp the last like five and a half months. Uh, very um, intense, uh, very difficult, uh, but uh, with great success. And, uh, 
you know, and, and I still coach kids and I's obviously here and there and represent the players, try to help them to advance to the next level, give them the you know, the best advice I can. Just like anything anything else in life, not there's no guarantees, but you can definitely, you know, advance much farther if you have the right information in front of you. So absolutely. Yeah. That's incredible, man. I'll Mike, I, I know I know where Lanny's going this summer. <laughs> yeah. Like I am just I'm sending my ten-year-old to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listen. I, I, I last night I got up. At, uh, I woke up at two fifty a.m. True story. Yeah. I'm like, I came uh, came out of my day. With my girl, uh, we had a nice night out, and came home it was like eight thirty. I'm like, I gotta watch the uh, the NFL. Mm-hmm. I passed out. I think it was eight thirty. Got up at two fifty a.m. I'm like, hmm. If I go back to sleep, this is a waste of time. So I decided to make a coffee. Went to the gym. I was at the gym quarter to five. <laughs> Oh, stupid! Yeah, that was like the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. I think because I haven't slept all night. I mean, I did, but I did not. But you know, feel productive. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then like the kids I work with, all the players I represent, I work with every day. Those kids send me pictures of the best being made. Uh, the truly committed kids, and I'm very proud of them. Um, you know, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to really help them, but the most important, they try to help themselves. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it's um. It is a grind, you know, and the earlier you start, the better. The earlier you understand what it's all about, what is the lifestyle you have to live to, to, to get to the next level, whatever level that might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's still, you know, you got to do more than just other kids that just go to practice three times a week. That's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Though. I mean, I agree with that, truly. I mean, like you said yourself, you can truly teach IQ as long as you have the players that are committed. Yeah, no, it's a good. Listen, I spend a, I, I spend on average daily. I would say, uh, at least ten hours a day, looking at kids' games. First of all, rewind, edit. I edit. So what I do is I take a say a game of kid who's ten years old, and I edit all his shifts out. And I work with kids at ten. I work with kids at NCDC level, uh, USPHL level. Uh, junior levels. I work kids in Europe. It's crazy. Um, I'm about to start working with kids from China. Um, yeah. So, wow. Um, yeah. That's so I, yeah, yeah, and it's um. So I take them, and we, you know, going through Zoom. It's like I deploy a couple platforms on computer, and we truly analyze everything from. Okay, so this is a nice face of, but uh, what's your thought process on that? Mm-hmm. Why you are here? Why you stick there? Like, why are you looking here? So it's like, and the thing is, like, the game is played certain way. You can't reinvent the game. Like, you cannot reinvent the wheel. You can make it spin faster, right? Yep. So, um, so you know, when the coach tells you what I've learned in my life is like, you, you, in hockey, you just cannot read the play and react because if you do that. You you have no game. This is true. So you got to scan and execute. And in order to do that, you got to become the student of the game, and you truly have to understand not just the basic ABC of hockey, but everything goes with it along. Like, and it, and you got to be like analyzing. And 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 nowadays, the computers spit out the best players. It's just insanity. Um, and in, in, you know, the, the younger you introduce to that, the more chance you have to succeed because 
at the end of the day, like, no one has to go to see. I want to go to uh, Instad or uh, whatever and just type in this name. Like, I have the best players popping out and this guy, that guy. From You want a kid from China, get it from China. Korea, Korea, Poland, Germany, Russia. I can get it with my fingertips in a split seconds. I don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So in order to have those, to help those kids and you have to get as young as they can to, to understand the process, they have to understand what it's going to take for them to advance because the system's going to look for that. You have to eliminate mistakes, um, eliminate, um, you know, you know whatever, whatever that comes to the game. Um, so. Now, Christoph, I guess my last question right now, um, as a scout, and this is kind of one of those things, even when we were coaching uh, our, our younger kids, our 16s and our Bantams and whatnot, what do you look for when you're looking at a player? Do you look for stops and starts or are they stopping from the net or is it kind of specific for a scout? Um, God, that's a very uh, broad question, right? Yeah, I apologize. Uh, you know, there's a reason why you have 20 players on the team, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I speak to players, parents, and whoever about the game, you know, everyone has this um, idea of there is 20 spots in the team. Well, actually, they ain't. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Truly, there's one spot for you on a team, <laughs> not 20. Because you either are the top guy, the second line guy, the third line guy, the four line guy, and you have to be the best first line guy, the best second line guy, and goes down to the goalies and defense, right? Uh-huh. Um, so, and you know, um, you can first and foremost, anyone who recognizes the players the most is the skating is the most, the most important thing. You can't skate, you can't play. Period. Agreed. Totally agree. Second of all, in order to be a good skater, majority of the kids that good skaters are good athletes. Okay? They're well-coordinated. They're probably training um, majority of them. Um, how I don't know, because I train a lot of them. Yeah. And they're like the best players. Mm-hmm. It's like you see them. Um, and, you know, um, but again, it's 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 all very spare organization. Let's say if I was scouting for whoever and the team was looking for pieces down the down the road because we need this guy, that guy, you know, and you know, so you're looking for different pieces. But uh, but the, I'd be honest with you, I've seen so many. I mean, nowadays the kids. I, I spoke to somebody the other day. I'm like, if that was 20, 30 years ago, the kids that play at junior level right now. They'd be all considered NHL prospects. No oh, shit. Holy smokes. So good. I mean, truly, it's amazing to watch. Um, they're big, a lot of big kids, you know, the, the plays they make, the, you know, it's, it's a truly uh, uh, nice to watch. Uh, but it's still not enough because, you know, hockey is a game of mistakes. And, you know, whoever makes less mistakes wins the hockey game. We made a mistake in Game Six of the Stanley Cup Finals versus uh, versus Tampa Bay. Not just we, Gilna, uh, Iggy, and Conroy and Chris Simon—they mm-hmm. get the puck in the zone. 
and double and suddenly we scored a double overtime goal, tied a series three three, forced the game seven. We lost the game, we lost we lost the uh, Stanley Cup. So um, you know it, it's it's really um, you know when everyone can skate, everyone can make a place. Now the people looking who is playing the perfect game, and that's very uh, consistent. Be consistent, um, and you know, on ice, off ice, um, you know, they gotta, you know, your social media checking out. The people looking at everything nowadays to make sure they get the right piece. They can possibly have a chance to win an opportunity to win a hockey game, opportunity to win a championships, um, and it's very difficult to find. Um, and uh, with, you know, with everything that's going on with the social media nowadays, the kids. It's very hard to find, but there are a lot of kids out there, mm-hmm. and there's hockey players that uh, it was back by days, don't play NHL, no question about it. Now, now touching on that, I, I want to talk about today's hockey and you know your era of hockey. Like, do you honestly? Could you you know honestly? Do you see yourself? Could you play in the NHL today? No way. No. And if someone tells you they can, absolutely not. There's no, there's no happening. It's just, it's just a completely different game. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's like we had. I should give you an example, right? So, like, you know, I've it's a true story. Mm-hmm. I've um, I went from the junior B playing my first exhibition game against the Islanders, yeah. And um, Jacques Lemoore is the coach, mm-hmm. and all you go in a power play. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we play the you know, old uh. Uh, Islanders uh, barn over there and um, Coliseum mm-hmm. and um, I said to to Niedermeyer, I'm like Scotty I'm like listen just just leave the puck behind that I got it goes <laughs> 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 to me he goes to me Oli okay I I got it okay. I, I will leave you the puck mm-hmm. so we have this break thing and I'm like I'm picking the puck behind that. And I, I feel I think I'm, I almost got to the red line. Um, I get to the bench, and Jacques goes to me in his, you know, broken English language. He goes, Oli, if you ever want to play an NHL, you don't touch the puck on a power play. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. So, so yeah. No, and you know it's like it was like you know I'll give you another example. Me and Dan, me and Dan, me and Canada were roommates for three years. And, mm-hmm. and I said, Dan, I'm like, can you ever like give me like the puck to my stick? Like seriously, like like I'm always open. Just give me the puck to my stick. He goes, Oli, I don't get paid to give you puck to the stick. I get paid with the puck out of the zone. <laughs> so it was a completely different game, right? Like, yeah. Uh, it's different. Yeah. Well, I mean, the only the only reason I ask that because you know a lot of people get comparisons. You know what I mean? Like they they the biggest one is you know obviously Gretzky. Like everyone thinks you know they they ask, do you think Gretzky could play in today's NHL? He probably could. Listen, I played um, I played with Mario. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's another one. You know, okay. and I I, I I say I say, and this is my names here yeah. is you know Marty. Gretzky, Stevens, and Lemieux. Um, I I gotta say those guys were tremendous athletes. Okay. That's what I to tell you. Like when when Scotty was Scott Stevens, or you know, grinded out in the gym, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you heard the machines grinding. Gotcha. When Mario Lemieux and Kevin Stevens uh, were riding the bikes after practice, mm-hmm. you could hear, you, it almost felt like the bike is falling apart and the screws getting undone. And that would go to the players, you know, the, the training room, and they will apply huge ice bags and put in a quads because the legs were engorged with blood. Yeah. Um, and Marty was, he would take the, you know, he'd be the first guy in the ice and I'd be the last guy of the ice and he would take everything that is left from any guy that is and every practice was a shout out for him. He wants to have a shout out every practice. That's what I'm saying. That, that, that is very, um, the mindset of a player that um, that you need to have to be successful, it's definitely very much different than swiping Instagram left and right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and um, so it's very um, difficult to explain. And the only way to possibly to learn that is to get your ass in the morning early, buy into the, the process and grind it out and try to do more than you did the day before and hope for the best that you'll be in the right place, right time, that someone going to give you an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. That's all you're going to ever get. There's no guarantees anything, especially in professional sports. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. So, yeah, but those, huh? those, those, those guys, I mean, it's really Marius. It's, it's, uh, Listen, I get another one. Yager. Yeah. 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 How can we forget Yager? Yeah. yeah. Listen, I we played. Uh, I played for the Polish national team. It was like a youth 16 or something back in. Uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, 80, 86, 7 hours, something like that. We played in uh, Ostrava in Czech Republic back, you know, old Czech. Yager played against us. I think we lost 16 2. Jesus what? Christ. For thirty oh. goals. We taught this kid play NHL. He was so ridiculous. It was just out of control. And um, then I played the y- with Yager in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he's still playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, re- I retired 16 years ago. Yep. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, he's, if you ask him, like, if you look at the size of his quads, they're like, uh, you know, Racehorse, yeah, straight up, it's the, huge, the, the huge, yeah, that's insane. There's like the, the you look at the, the uh, slabs of meat, you know, just kind of you know, everywhere. So, then another guy who maybe was not the superstar, Bob, Bobby Holik, Holik, yeah, oh. yep, uh, yeah. I, I mean, this Holy guy, like, if you look at Bobby, it was like this. Most unfit guy on top, but his bottom down was like this. The thoroughbred, most, yeah, yeah, thoroughbred <laughs> yeah. times too. Yeah, and ask, he's like, So, Bobby, what did you eat for dinner? I'd be like, Oh, my father made me eat the raw, raw meat of the bone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so sad. yeah, Bobby was different, but that tremendous hockey player, very smart, super high hockey IQ, playing simple game, um, you know, and one of the reasons that was successful. So everyone's got a game and, you know, and you have to fit in organization. You have to fit in the system. You have to understand the system. 
You have to understand what the organization wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you, and you have to truly buy into it 100%. Period and organization. But in order to get there, you know, you, you, you have to change your lifestyle. And the lifestyle is not, it's not an easy lifestyle. Agreed. Now there's a game of hockey, and that's yeah. why I love it. <laughs> now, I got, uh, now I got, uh, you know, one or two more questions for you before we let you go. And, you know, there's there's a lot of rivalries in the NHL. And back then when you played, there was, there was big time rivalries. Like, why do you think, you know, you know rivalries calm down a lot from your time to now? Um, I mean, it was just like embedded in your, in, in your blood, you know, like when we played, you know, the Rangers, for example, mm-hmm. the Islanders, the Flyers. Yeah. Like when we played the Flyers, Lou would call up everything with tough guys from the minors. You know, and the Flyers would call up every single tough guy in the organization. Yeah. And the versa, right? There's like the Rangers, the Islanders. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I personally think that, um, I mean, there's still you have guys remaining in the game, the tough. I mean, no, no, I, I wish I had a shadow of those guys. No question about it. Um, uh, but um, again, the game's changed, right? So it's like, it's all about skating, passing, high scoring. You know, you can't touch guys. You can't really hit guys. If you do, you get a penalty for that, penalty for mm-hmm. that. So, you know, the guys try to do, you know, you know, it, it, it's a young link um, game nowadays. You have a kid playing HL at 18 years of age, and you're the old guy at 23. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we played, uh, you know, you were the – you had to play in the minors for four years almost to, to, to play in HL. You know, only like you know, few guys made it to. I mean, Patrick Ilias played the minors, I think, for two, three years. I think at least three. Sergey wow. Brin, you know, um, um, you know, Shikora. Yep. Uh, it, it, you know, those guys had to develop in minors, but now you have the guys come from juniors and you know they're, they're playing NHL. And, and the children is hockey, but it's no question about it. But why? As far as the question to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's um it's almost uh, I personally must think it's the mentality of um the generational mentality of listen I'm here to 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 make a living and it's like you know life's good let's just, I do you know I, I'm let, let's play the game you know where back in the days you get drafted by the Devils you absolutely hated the Rangers right away you know mm-hmm. like you grew up hating other teams and now it's like everyone's nice you know so like, well yeah you know, and and what I like to touch on this, I'm like Mike and I were talking about before is you know like the the style you guys played. It's almost like you know when, even we had you know Riley Cote on the podcast here. He spoke about like you know you guys went in and it's like almost like the night before you guys had to get your mindset that you guys were going out for battle and you basically want to rip the guy's fucking face off. You know what I mean? And now it's, it's uh, I was it, listen when I was fucking I I was um night before the game. Mm-hmm. Like I would study these guys, how many fights they had, how how many times they get hurt, mm-hmm. the girlfriends' names, the wives' names. Love it! I love I, it! I, was, I love it! <laughs> I was just psychotic about it. And like Christoph, like they always. Oh, Christoph, can you just put? No, I don't fucking want to play the game. I want to do my job. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can go for a beer after the game. Like me and Jody Shelley, me and Jody Shelley. I got traded for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. I told you know I told Doug the GM of the you know the, from the 
Columbus. I'm like, okay, you can trade him, but it's just, you know, it is what it is. You know, and just like you just absolutely, I love my job so much. The people always asking the question, Christoph, who was the toughest guy you fought? And the answer is me. I love it. I lo- Explain, please. Because, I love it. Because <laughs> I cannot even tell you how difficult it is to um, to get ready for the game mm-hmm. where you know that there's a three guys on another team want to rip your head off every night. Not just them. Mm-hmm. The GM, you're the most hated guy. Everyone hates you. And but at the same time, your team relies on you to make sure that nothing happens. Makes sense. It's like you're the gatekeeper, pretty much at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, me and the protector. Yeah, no, it was it was difficult. That was so. Yeah. Can I even tell you? Like every night, like your hands never healed. My, your hands are always in ice buckets. Um, you know, uh, disinfect. I mean, cards of it's, it's very um, tough thing to deal with. But you have to, you know, you have to be so mentally tough, and your ideal performance state to, in order to execute the script, mm-hmm. had to be at the highest for you to be able to feel like you're straight up almost invincible to get the job done. And no one, no one would care. We went. Listen, we went um, with the Devils at one time on. Um, West Coast trip with uh, the Devils. Jacques was the coach of my rookie year. I went to Edmonton, Vancouver, I remember, Calgary. I ended up fighting like, Rocky Thompson and all those guys in Edmonton there. We got to Ottawa. I said to Jacques in the morning, I'm like, Jacques, um, I can't feel my hands. I can't tie my skates. Yeah. And Jacques goes to me. Holy, if I tie your skates for the game, are you going to be able to play? As a matter of fact, I don't even want you to play. I just want you to sit on the bench. That's how important you are to the team. Can I tell you something? All of a sudden, my hands were perfect. <laughs> Holy but, I, but I truly could not. I truly, if you saw my hands there, I, yeah. I, I, I could. My hands were like, not dislocated, but I, let's talk about so messed up, I couldn't feel my hands. I couldn't hold my stick. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, Jacques it, just got 18,000 stunning cops. Like, you know, what do you say to Michael? Yeah. But that was, <laughs> that was the best pregame speech I've ever heard. He goes, Makes you want to run through a wall right then and there. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. Skates, would you be able to sit on a bench? I'm like, that just gives me chills, man. Well, it's your story. So it's crazy. So, so this is what I'm saying. It's re- it takes really, you know, in order to be <clears throat> play the highest level possible, it takes years of training, years of commitment, years of grind, years of visualization. You have to put yourself put yourself in a position when you see yourself being successful at the highest, and no matter what people throw you away. It truly does not matter because you are the best at your job. And if you don't believe in that, you will never, ever make it, period. I and- love it. I love it. There's two kids. I wish I would hear that as Andy Burns and my kid right now, and I can't wait for him to hear that. <laughs> True. That's what it is. I tell the kids every day. I'm like, listen, guys, just take my word for it. You don't have to hear from me. 
that's not a way. I agree. I agree. But Christoph, we uh, that's all we got for you. I appreciate you taking the time. It was great talking to you. I absolutely 100% want to get you back on here in the near future, uh, if that's all right with you. Of course. There's, I- there's, plenty, there's plenty more questions I got. I know it's late and everything, but uh, we appreciate you coming on. Mike, you good? Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Like, your highlights made me want to run through a wall. So, <laughs> yeah, no, listen, the, uh, some of those guys that put this together, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's like, it's so good to watch. But at the same time, like I told you guys earlier, yep. I was like, what was I thinking? You know, but, uh, <laughs> but listen, the bottom line is this uh, yep. I love what I did. I'm, I'm glad I, I remained the game. Um, you know, all I do is hockey 24 7. Um, you know, I'm glad I have a, you know, beautiful in my life. Uh, I've met, um, that she's, you know, huge, um, support of me and everything I do. And it's great. Um, and, um, you know, just, just, you know, just try to do the right thing and have as many kids as I can. And that's just, you know, I, I love it. I respect what you did for the game, Christoph. And honestly, I, I guarantee yeah. you Poland is still proud that you have that name on the cup. Thank you guys so much. I truly appreciate the call and uh, hope to talk to you guys soon. Awesome. Thanks for talking. Well, brother. Thank you. I guess. Wow. That was probably one of the coolest podcasts I think we've ever done. Absolutely. I'm going to run through my fucking garage door wall. That, like, <laughs> honest, honest to God, man, there's definitely a handful. That might be my number one. He yeah, I, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, you fantastic. Know, you, we love doing these podcasts and it's like, it's it, like the guy's genuine. He's a yeah. pure beauty. He gave us his honest perspective. And that's the thing, man. You guys have to understand, like, if we have a guy that comes on the podcast and is like, hey, listen, like, I don't really want to talk much about certain subjects. Then that's fine. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and that's one of those things, like, you can look go on YouTube and look up his highlights, and that will give you basically a perspective of how he played the game of hockey. Um, but at the same time, as you guys heard it from himself, like, he wasn't a dumb guy. Yeah, he might have had a lot of penalty minutes and he led the league in pims and everything like that. But if you hear it from himself, like he taught himself how to play hockey in that sense. You can teach IQ and he's a smart guy. And now the fact that like he's a scout and yeah, dude. it's a small world that he ran the Rhinos. Um, I knew a few players that played through there and I was like, holy shit, I did not know that. That's that's awesome. But, and the fact dude, that I, his name's on the cup. I, 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 only <laughs> Polish player. Dude, I loved I loved this part with, with Lindros. That was that was probably the best dude, part I, I loved. My favorite one was Ty Domi. Yeah, that like, one too I, was good. I understand that. Like um with Kristoff, you know, he doesn't like getting too much into the fighting uh, aspect mm-hmm. of the game because like listen, he said himself, it's probably not one of the best decisions he made, but he got paid for that. And exactly. You know what I mean? And it was a different game 30 years ago compared to now. I guarantee right now, I'd still send any one of my kids or any one of the kids I coaches to him oh, just 100%. to get better. But you know what I mean? That's one of those things. Like, he knows clearly more than us. He played in the game. He's played faster hockey. And you want kids to think. Goal. Yeah, you want kids to think, you know, two steps ahead. You don't want them to stay stagnant. Yeah. You don't want them to go from a single A to another single A. Like, why not get him to the next level up? I agree, a hundred percent. I'm telling you, man, it, it that was just so well, fun I mean, to hear from a coaching perspective too, like I mean, for youth. 
Oh, I know. And I wanted to touch on that, Mike, what you just said. This is a topic that I, I have is like, you know, the youth hockey parents, you know, thinking their kids belong on the ice all the time when, you know, in reality, it, they got to take a step back and realize where their kids belong. You I think I mean? the biggest thing, and this is really the only thing I'm going to say about uh, hockey parents, mm-hmm. you know, let the coaches coach, just be a parent. And uh, again, I, I'm not the type of person to, you know, really rip into people about things or anything like that, but we're there to help the, the kids. And yes, you might not always agree with things that, you know, coaches, you know, decide or anything like that, but let the kids learn through the coaching. Like you don't need to undermine the coaching and it's not like I really ever had that happen, but I'm saying it's just kind of one of those things like I see it in youth sports. I see it with, you know, friends that I'm friends with and that are crazy hockey parents and dude, let the kids play the sport, especially if they're in peewees and whatnot, or if they're in squirts and they're not going to be superstars right off the rip. Yeah. You're going to have that one or two kids that are putting up three or four goals a game. Yeah. He's going to stand out. Right. But you put him up to the next level, double a triple a, you think he's going to stand out or is he just going to be average? And I, 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 that's the question. Yeah. I mean, like to touch on that is, you know, you had, and and I'll touch on it here is, you know, we, we played, you know, is, you know, Lanny's team played in the peewee tournament, played a division up and and I'll be honest with you. And it was nobody hid, hid from it is that tournament, Mike, I thought we were going to get killed. Yeah. The beginning I was like, I I, I said, I'm like, ah, you know, maybe we'll go, you know, two and two, three and one. That, that, that'd be my pick. We end up three and one. Uh, you know, my, my kid shocked the shit out of me. You know, there was a kid, you know, and I, I, I speak very highly of this kid is Andy Burns is our goalie is an absolute beaut. Eight years old playing against 12 year olds, Mike. That's incredible. Yeah. Like it's incredible the, dude, the, the kid's nuts. You know what I mean? And it's, it's funny but, but think about that too, brother. Like his work ethic at eight years old. Oh my God, the kid, you know, it's so, it's so funny because, you know, it's a competition now between Lanny and Andy at practice. You know what though? I love it. I love it. I love it. I I love seeing competition at practice. I love seeing guys getting a little fired up at each other. Like, I'm sorry. Yes. It's, you don't want to see that all the time, but Mm -hmm. Once in a while, it's nice to see some spark behind the guys. It's nice to see even the females that play hockey. You know, it's great to see competition. It's, you know, I'm friends with a Division One athlete right now that is playing for University of Maine. Stud, stud. Dude, she's fucking killing it. She's a freshman. Uh, I think she's already got five genos. Like, but you have to understand, like, around our local area, everyone knew about her. She was playing as a female, playing, like, you know, when she was probably Bantams. She was probably playing up midget 16s for women, right? Mm-hmm. She was always playing up at least two tiers above her actual age group. But look where it led her. Look where all of the off-ice practice took her. Look exactly. at all of – and that's the thing. Kids don't understand that. Kids just think it's going to get handed to them. And, you know, there's always one player that I recently coached, uh, I would say within the past two years, almost three years, and he was one of my 16s, and, you know, his name's – I'll just say his first name is Patty. And, um, dude, this kid's work ethic changed my outlook on coaching pretty much forever because you didn't have to tell this kid 
to do something. He would go up at the end of practice and just bag himself. And if you don't know what pyramids are, it's basically from in the neutral zone, red line to blue line, one up or one up, one back. That's one, right? Mm-hmm. He would do it 10 mm-hmm. times every single practice. And then next practice, he would try to up it. You wouldn't even ask this kid. Zam's coming on the ice. He's still cranking him out. And I wish every single kid had that work ethic. It, it would be a different world. Right. I'm just saying. I agree. There, there's one thing I want to touch on here, Mike, is – and you you know what it is, this whole uh, racism thing. Oh, man. Real, yeah, real quick. talk about this. I, yeah. yeah. I know it's getting late. Uh, it's cutting into our Xbox time. I know that. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 10 o'clock. But, you know, and, you know this, this Jacob Panetta guy, this recently just happened with Jordan Subban in the East Coast League. Um. You know, I us as boys, you know, we talk about it. Us, you know, me, you, a fish. Yep. We we're in a group chat. You know, we're, we're very close. We're like family here, and you know, we speak on it, and you know, we say you know thoughts and like that. And at first, I was a little upset about it. You know, I mean, you know, I'm still upset with the whole racism thing. It doesn't belong in the game. It doesn't belong in the world. It doesn't belong in anything. Yeah, it doesn't belong in anything. We you all know? bleed the same fucking color. Exactly. You know what I mean? And. It sucks, and you know, and actually watching this guy's, you know, uh, apology, I, I think he generally is sorry. You know, and I, I really do, because you know, like he said, there was other videos that you know he was making the bodybuilder gesture, and like Tom Wilson made the same thing, like yeah. Tom Wilson did it. You know what I mean? It was the same exact thing. You know what I mean? But there's two sides to every story, so... And that's tough, it, man. It's tough to say. It, 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 and that's the thing. That's kind of where it's like, I can't take any side on this. Yeah, um, I'm not I'm At not least any in side. this yeah. incident. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just because, you know, first off, you, if you knew, no matter what, mm-hmm. you making any type of gesture and you were trying to get under his skin, well, you did it. You did it the wrong way. And exactly. And it's one thing to chirp, right? Like you and I both love chirping oh and yeah, it's a part yeah. of the game. I dude, if, if, a kid, if a kid chirps me and I'm just taken back, I'm like, yeah, fucking good for you. Like that was, I gotta yeah, save yeah. that one for, you know what I mean? But, uh, I just, I never in my entire career, I've never ran into that where I heard it on the ice. And I don't know. That's just kind of one of those things. Like you're going out of your way, no matter what to make a point to make this guy feel uncomfortable right Mm -hmm. and the gesture alone even if you're trying to do bodybuilding dude in the wrong way it it doesn't matter if you're trying to be funny or you know what i mean it just doesn't belong don't do it if you if you know it's going to cause commotion why do it Mm -hmm. right but i get it there's still part of the game where scrums happen where fighting is still you know what i mean but i don't know i just don't i don't believe in racism i, I, I don't either that shit. And, you know and, and everybody says you know hockey's for everyone absolutely it a hundred percent is for everyone you know what i mean special and, needs know, women you know, had, males we, like it doesn't matter play the game well we had jalen smirik on dude it, it, it's mm-hmm. like he said you know what i mean it's it's for everyone and it sucks that you know that they're singled out because of, you know, their skin color, but who gives a fuck? Nobody, you know what my, 
It, I'm who sorry, cares? No, who cares, man? We're all the same people. There's no, yep. not, there's nothing different than you. Then that's it. You know what my favorite type of players are? The ones that are still learning, brother. The ones that are just getting into hockey, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they might not be able to skate. Yeah, they might be have bendy ankles, but they're trying. They're trying to learn the game that some of us are lucky enough to throw the skates on, you know, no problem, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's I, nice and to I, see people learn to play the game of hockey. Absolutely. And I said that in, in this whole racism thing is, you know, I, I sent it in the group chat with, you know, Adrian and, and Lanny. And, you know, he, he, he didn't understand it at first. Yep. You know what I mean? He's like, oh, what does that mean? And I had to tell him. And his exact words were, what a piece of shit. Yeah. His exact words. And he's like, why would anybody do that? Like, and, you know, for my kid to realize it, it you, you, you know, a 10-year-old is realizing, you know, it's wrong. You know what I mean? And, so, and, and you're a grown I love that he recognizes that, though. Yeah. And it's like, my kid loves everybody. You know what I mean? You saw it. Like, he, lo- lo- he treats Keyshawn. You know, like he's his big brother. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, like him and Tucker, like you and A and M are like, you know, Uncle Mike, Uncle A, Uncle Fit, you know, and shit like that. My boys. But, yeah, you know what I mean? But it's like Keyshawn is like a, like a big brother to him. You know what I mean? It, it's he and he said to him, and, and we said this story too, and I, I haven't brought it up then is, you know, and I told you guys, I told you the story is, you know, we were in Delaware. Keyshawn was home for Christmas bake break and Lanny had a game right by his house. And, and Keyshawn always wanted to see Lanny play. So Keyshawn shows up at the rink and Lanny walks in the locker room. Right. And you know, Lanny, Lanny knows what he's doing. He ain't stupid. savage. Yeah. Yep. He, knows, he knows what he's doing. He goes, Oh, Hey guys, my big brother's here. <laughs> I love right? it. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, oh, your big brother's here. He's like, yeah, he's sitting up in the, he's sitting up in bleachers with his white with a white hoodie on. Right? And they go out and they're like, oh, we don't see your brother. He's like, no, he's sitting in the corner, right? And, you know, one of the kids, which, you know, I, I'm not gonna say, you know, he comes yeah, back in the yeah. locker room, he goes, Lanny, he's black. And Lanny goes, What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like right away. Lance, Lance, I love Lanny. it. Yeah. Lanny's like, what are you talking about? No, he's not. And he's like, yeah, he is. And he's like, oh, that's not your real brother. And Lanny's like, yeah, he is. Like, he's my big brother. And it was funny because we called Adrian on the phone. And they're like, oh, Miss Adrian, is is this guy Keyshawn, Lanny's brother? She's like, yeah. Like, she played along with it. Like, no one, you know, it's what it is. Yeah. But it, it's shit like, yeah, it's shit like that. Like, who gives a fuck, man? Exactly. You know I mean? Like, it, it, again, there's no place for it in the game. It, there's nope. no place for it in the world. Like, just fucking live, people. And racism, baby. End it, please. Hey, uh, really quick, and I'm sorry to change the subject here. Mm-hmm. Uh, just want to let all my local Flyer fans know <laughs> we are still currently sitting. They didn't end the losing streak. They didn't end the losing streak. They didn't end that. <laughs> they didn't end the losing streak, baby. We are now officially <clears throat> 42 games played, 13 wins, 21 losses, OTLs, 8 points, 34. Don't you worry, ladies and gentlemen. We're tied for dead last in the league. But this gets only better. Goals for 103, goals against 144. If my math's correct, that means we're minus 41 against us in goals. You love it. You gotta we're love it. Oh, eight and two in the last 10 games. Weird, because we suck. Yes, I don't know. Sir. What do you think is going to happen? I think uh, good old Chucky's getting the boot. 
We talked about that, and th- that's what we think, guys. We think Wednesday that Chuck's going to resign. I really think he, that's going to happen. I'm just saying now. I mean, this is hands down pretty you heard much it here now. First. You heard it here first. The new Buffalo Sabres. Yep. Uh, you might as well just throw Gritty on the bench. We might have a better chance. <laughs> Dude, and I said, you, did you see what I posted today on uh, Instagram? Bro, our ice girls would probably score more goals at this point. I Fuck. <laughs> I put on Instagram, right? I put on everything. I put a picture of, you know, of Knack up there, Kubel. Yeah. I yep. said, Chuck lost Knack to waivers three weeks ago, and now we got Nick Sealer playing fourth line. What oh, the fuck no. is go what the fuck is going on in Philly, right? I said Philly lost a good guy, right? Yep. And <laughs> it's funny because uh Maddie, his his girlfriend responded to it. And I, I'm not going into what she said. Yeah. It was it was pretty priceless. <laughs> I'll tell you when we get off of here. <laughs> that's all I like to hear, buddy. Yeah, so it, it was pretty priceless. But that's the shit we're dealing with, man. You you let go of a fucking guy that's having a career year right now in Colorado. I, I'm watching him right now as we speak against we, the Hawks. We just like admire the fact that the Panthers are pretty much in first place. Yes, in almost in the entire league. I love it. It's good Wait, for Florida. Let's see. Bro, they've yeah, they're first in the entire league. Good for them. Both both Florida teams are. I love it. What the? F- I'm moving to Florida. I love it. Two things here, Mike. I want to I want to talk about real quick. It'll probably yeah. take five ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. One being, uh, I know with COVID and everything, and what's going on, and you know, you're a coach. You're a coach. You know, mm-hmm. you you've played. With COVID going on here, like, what's what's your thought process here on, you know, tournament hockey, you know, with, you know, going away or staying local? Oh, that is – oh, man, my honest opinion. So, um, I mean, listen, I uh, – this, this is tough because this opens up like a can of worms kind of for me. Oh, I, I'm open to that. Let's do I it. Fucking, I go back and forth on this thing all the time with people. Um. So at the end of the day, everyone has their own belief. Everyone has their own opinion and that's absolutely fine. Right. My whole thing is if people are either requiring the backs to enter a tournament, go for it. But if they're not, and you ask, even like, this could sound crazy, but even during gameplay, so be it. I just feel like right now we need to almost get our society back on a normal life because dude not only is that just affecting sports but it's affecting the entire economy you know what i mean like i I truly feel like covid put such a how do i say it just such a fucking damper on life (laughs) yeah i guess that's the best way to put it just a damper on life but not like it's just a burden it put a burden on everyone just because it's almost like you're, I want to say forced to get the vax, but they're really pushing to get the vax. And it's like, well, do kids really need to get the vax? Like, it, and that's kind of one of those touchy subjects that people mm-hmm. get, you know, I don't want to get offend anyone, but at the same time, kind of go fuck yourself with your feelings. Like, this is my opinion. Exactly. Um, I definitely think like, listen, if you want to get your kid and yourself vaccinated, kudos to you, right? I'll be the first one to admit it. I am vaccinated. Um, I definitely had to just because I want to take care of my family too. My my family's not always healthy with COPD and whatnot. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, if you don't, again, 
that's the risk you're taking. Like, I'm not going to just be like, Oh, you know, you're not allowed to play, but at the same time, like if you're not vaccinated, don't be a piece of shit. Just wear a mask. Like if you don't wear a mask in the car, cool. Like if you're only playing the sport for what an hour, hour and 15 minutes, why you can rock a mask. I wear a mask eight hours a day at work. Like you're fine. Yeah. Like, come on. So now, now my thing is, you know what I mean? And I, I take this in to perspective here with, you know, Tournaments being away. By the yep. way, Christoph just texted me and he said that was an awesome podcast. He loved doing it and hit him up. So yeah, he's a beauty. Uh, <laughs> so, any day of the week, I would yeah. pick your brain. My uh, my thought here is, you know, let, let's let's put this in perspective. Say you want to go to, you know, Pittsburgh, okay, or Rochester, New York, right? Yep. And you know, you have a team that you have. We'll we'll use our team. Okay. Yep. For example, we have like 10 kids, nine skaters, one goalie. Right. Okay. And you know, we set the thing up for New York. Right. And come, you know, two days before the tournament, two kids get COVID, two families get COVID. Okay. You're fucked. You're going up there with seven kids. You can't cancel the tournament. You can't cancel the hotel rooms or you're going to go, you're going to have to pay for it. You know what I mean? So yep. this is my thought process on, you know, keeping a local tournament. You know what I mean? If if you got a local tournament, say, you know, uh, Philadelphia. We're in Philly, right? Yep. So you got a Philadelphia tournament. You're 40 minutes from your house. You know yeah, what I mean? it doesn't matter then. doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so I, I, I truly believe, like, now this time, yeah, it would be great. It would be awesome to go away for a tournament. It would awesome, like, you know, let the kids experience other things. But you got to look at other perspective of how families are. You know what I mean? Like right now, it is, it's a crucial time for families. You know what I mean? Like some families don't have the money. Yeah. As well, and that's the scary part too, bro. Like I, I think that's kind of where it comes back to where companies and tournaments and people almost have to regulate some type of policy for COVID. Like, listen, mm-hmm. if your child gets COVID, right? Yeah. You can't make the tournament listen, I understand like you, even if you don't get my money back or anything like that, like even if it's partial or something, like, I don't know. There's definitely something that has to be implemented. Um, because I feel like now it's just kind of like everyone uses the excuse like, Oh, COVID, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like the go-to thing lately. That's like, Oh, you can't make it. Well, COVID, ah, don't worry about it. Like even at work, uh, or even jobs in general. Right. Mm -hmm. It's kind of one of those things like, they should almost have COVID sick days because it's like, it kind of sucks if you got to take PTO days for something you didn't ask for. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like you're not asking for it. You you know, you're around people like that have the, that have the fucking virus. And that's one of the, that don't give a shit about other people. Yes, bro. And that's kind of where I kind of got fed up with it because with my job, I see thousands of people with like during the week and, you don't know who's not vaccinated. You don't know where they've been around. You don't even know if they wash their hands. Like, bro, uh, I'm not a germaphobe. Like, I'll be the last one to say that. Six years in the Army, I'm not a germaphobe, right? But I will say that general hygiene does go a long way with you staying, you know, healthy. And exactly. if you're not fucking scrubbing your ass and washing your f- underneath your fingernails, you're going to get sick eventually. Just saying. Well, good thing I do both. <laughs> yep, me too. Wipe twice. Uh- what? <laughs> Last thing I want to talk about, okay, 
And I don't know if you had it with the Bears, Mike. You know, I, I've had it, you know, the 11 years that I've been coaching here. And I'll be honest with you, nobody gets any love doing this job. Okay. And I, I think you're picking up where I'm going is, you know, the manager position of the job. Oh, yeah. I, I will say, you know, I, I have to give kudos here, you know, to, you know, our manager here for Central Penn. 10U double A is, you know, Daryl Burns. I got to give the guy kudos. Guy's a beauty takes, you know, time out of his, his schedule. He's this guy brews his own coffee, makes his own coffee, Mike. Bro, where's my batch? He's, he's, he's listening. He'll, he'll be listening to it. So all right. that. Daryl, he uh, wants some coffee. Let him know. Mike. I love coffee. coffee. I'm just saying I, I live <laughs> off caffeine. I get caffeine headaches throughout the day when I have coffee. No, but, but in, in all seriousness, like, you know, the without, guy. Without team managers, it makes our lives hell. And that's the one thing I truly appreciate team managers because, yeah, it, it's almost like equipment managers or anything like that. You're doing a lot of behind-the-scene work, but without you, we would crumble. And – you know, I was very grateful for all my team managers that I have from my coaching experience. All of them were fantastic. Um, but I, I couldn't agree more with you, man. Like what I am very grateful for our team managers. And that's one of those things I don't think coaches say it a lot to team managers. If they do, that's fantastic. Yep. Um, if they don't, this is directly from a coach and from a player from experience. Thank you so much for everything that you guys do. And from a player's perspective, you don't realize how much easier you make our jobs by just getting on the ice, showing up to the rink and just having fun because everything that you plan behind the scenes. Thank you. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And the fact that, you know, and his, his kids, Andy, the goalie, by the way. Oh dude, yeah, I want to yeah. see more videos of that kid. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> when you send me snaps of him, yeah, I'm like, yeah. dude, this kid is nasty. Yeah. But, you know, and, and that's in all seriousness. I, you know, Daryl, thank you for everything you do. You don't get love that you deserve. And, you know, I, I'm, we're throwing it out there here on the podcast. You're a beauty. I don't beauty. know you. You're a beauty. <laughs> and you want some coffee, Daryl. So I want some coffee. coffee. <laughs> oh, <then> Mike. <laughs> Other than that, Mike, uh, we, we've gone uh, – we, I think we've gone way over – yeah, well, yeah. Cutting into my uh, 74, my uh, seventy-four minutes here. <laughs> I think yep. it's a long hey, one. Hey, I'll tell you right now, it's uh, almost Simulator Sunday. So, <laughs> uh, the golf simulator. It's almost weekend time, even though it's only Monday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, I'll tell you right now, it was a fantastic podcast. Um, could not be happier having Christoph on and getting his perspective uh, from his journey and currently, like what kids should look up to and how they should work in their work ethic. I think um, we should do a part two with him, to be honest. Absolutely. I, I you know really what? Do. It would be kind of cool if we can kind of get him and either Riles back on or, you know what I mean? Kind of get, a, you know, a duo. a duo and also their perspective because they both came from two different eras, kind of, well, I wouldn't say two different eras, but they came in the same era of fighting, you know, and same job, same role. And I would love to hear both of them just kind of chat. Do you know who I, I would love to get them two on or, you know, him and, tied to me. And, and Dennis Bonvi. Oh my God. That would be I, iconic. I, I think I want to do that. I want to, I want to run that by Kristoff and see. And if he's down with it, let's make it happen. Him and definitely uh, Dennis Bonvi. I might hit him up. No matter what, I want Kristoff back because yeah. I'm, I'm not even kidding. That was the coolest podcast I think we've had. Fuck Yeah. <laughs> 
But, but, other, uh, than, but other than that, stay 75 dusty, minutes dusty. later, boys. Yes, and sir. Girls. Stay dusty. <laughs> stay dusty.